You're listening to Bad Bitch Therapy, where the bitches are bad and so is their uneducated advice. But pull up a seat and pour yourself a drink anyway, because even the baddest bitches need a little therapy. What up, bitches? What's up? (laughs) What's up? Isn't that a thing from, like, our parents' generation? I think it's from, like, 2005. What's up? Wasn't it, like, a beer commercial? (laughs) Yeah. We were nine, so. (laughs) Bringing it back to 2009. Wait. No, we were 11. I can't do math. (laughs) Bringing it back to 2011. (laughs) Hi, guys. Um, So, we have been so inconsistent, and this is week three, so we're so sorry for that. Remember how consistent and good we were when we didn't have kids? <laughs> we still weren't that great. We still weren't that great. I really feel like it was better than this, and now I think it's that, it's not that, like, we're worse now. I think it's just, like, this was, like, it was, like, a more of a dedication when we didn't have kids, and now I'm like, I don't know, dude. I got kids to take care of. I know. That's the thing about – I feel like that's been one of the hardest things for me to adjust to as a mom is that obviously it comes easy. Like, obviously it comes easy in the sense that your kids come first, but having to actually deal with it and, like, the consequences of it and, like, sacrifice of it, I feel yeah. like has really been a hard transition for me to make. Yeah. So. On top of not being the best about the podcast, we've also been feeling like shit about the podcast. We've been like, oh, every time we record, we're like, okay, so my problem is as soon as we hit record, I feel like I disassociate from my body and I become someone that's like trying to impress all her friends. You guys are all my friends. All the bad bitches are my friends and I'm trying to impress you. (laughs) And I feel like for specifically last podcast when we were talking about like our mental health, I just kept having this like thought in my head. I was like, what are you even saying? (laughs) Like I just, it was so hard. But then like part of that is my anxiety and then part of that is like, thanks for hanging in there, guys. We're definitely getting used to this again. Yeah. And it's hard to get, like, back in the groove of it. So thanks for being, like, patient with us. And, like, I saw just as many people who listened to the first episode listen to the second episode, which made me so happy. Um, Yeah. So it's just nice. Oh, and. You know the hardest what? They need to give us five-star reviews. Oh, yes. So if you're not driving while you're listening to this, click five-star review on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Amazon, wherever you are, um, because we want to keep doing this, and we hope that we Even can, Even if like, you're reach... driving, risk your life for us. Like, look <laughs> at the sacrifice we're making for you, and I feel like you are not doing the same for us, so. <laughs> Even if you're driving. Bad bitches, five-star review, and drive at the same time, okay? I am that toxic wife where I'm like, let's have a healthy relationship, but I want you to cross all your boundaries for me. I'm not going to for you, Dude. but I want you to for me. I've had to do some serious work in therapy because Corey and I have no boundaries with each other, and it's actually so toxic or it has gotten toxic. So I've had to do so much work in therapy where, like, we've had to create boundaries with each other because I feel like when you're high school sweethearts, you get so comfortable with one another that you kind of lose all your privacy. 
Um, at least that's yeah. kind of what me and Corey did. <laughs> See, I, yeah, I have, like, set boundaries, I feel like, with Charles. But, like, he's so sweet that I just push every boundary that even maybe he slightly set. So now he has no boundaries. So now I'm almost like, dude, <laughs> you need to go to therapy and figure this out. Even though it's my fault. <laughs> dude, so many times I think Corey has to work on something. I'll be like, you should really work on that. And then I tell Caitlin, <laughs> I go to therapy and I tell Caitlin about it. And she's like, mm, actually, I think that's something you need to work on. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna start couples counseling in a few weeks, and I'm terrified that this counselor is gonna be like, "You're the problem, homegirl." I'm gonna be like, "What? <laughs> Me? What? I'm the problem?" <laughs> Quoted. Also, I wanted to let you guys know that I'm coming from my sister's closet, and in my sister's house, they call this a crying closet. Oh, this is where she cries, and her girls know it so much that they come here to cry also when they're upset. So we are live in the crying closet. I kind of fucking love that, and I kind of want your sister to be our bad bitch of the week now just because she okay. has a designated Done. crying room. Done. Right? And just that, like, her daughters are also like, yeah, that we're upset. I'm going to the closet. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> okay. We are going to get into some pop culture this week. Um, first on the list is Taylor Swift went down on the field for Travis Kelsey when he won um, and won a trip to the Super Bowl. And they pretty much like shared a almost kiss, it looked like. Not maybe technically a full kiss, but an almost kiss. And they looked really happy. Um, and then it just got me thinking that all these men at home are so mad that Taylor Swift is taking away from their football. And I'm sitting there thinking like, this is so stupid. And then I saw a post. I saw a post and I loved it so much. It was something along the lines of Taylor Swift doesn't know or can't hear you when you're talking bad about her, but your daughters do. And what they're hearing is be more, do less, don't show up because she's interrupting five whole minutes of your three-hour football game, God forbid. And I just thought that was so important. And I'm sorry, if she wasn't there, the media outlets would be like, she doesn't support him, this relation. Is this relationship doomed? Like they have already tried to make – 10,000 things out of nothing. If you're a woman, you can't win. Like, if you... You can't win. You can't. Um, Especially if you're Taylor Swift. She really can't win. No, <laughs> she can't. Like Except, no matter what she does, they're mad at her. I wonder if she's going to go... Um, if they win the Super Bowl. I need the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl simply because I need Taylor Swift to go kiss Travis Kelsey. I want a real kiss. I want a real yeah. kiss between them. I want to see, like, their actual you know chemistry. You know what my brain does go to, though? Like, Mm. I just am, like, analyzing everyone's relationship, and I'm like, oh, but what about when? Because right now, they're, like, somewhat of a new relationship still. They're on top of the world. She's got this massive stadium tour. He's going to the Super Bowl again. I'm like, so what about after this, you guys? When your lives calm down, I'm like, we need to, I'm like, as if I'm in their relationship, I'm like, okay, we need to prepare for like when the life calms down for a little while. Like, are we talking about that? (laughs) Or 
<laughs> my sister kept asking me questions the other day about Taylor Swift, and she's like, I love how I'm just asking you as if this is your friend. <laughs> like, she was asking me, she's like, oh, when did they start dating? And she's like, oh, are they still? And, like, she's like, I love how I'm just talking to you as if, like, because she knows I love Taylor Swift, as if I just have every detail about her life. That's so funny. Sometimes <laughs> when I'm talking to Corey about her, I'll be like, yeah, so Taylor. And he's like... Taylor like you can't just call her Taylor and I'm like what do you mean (laughs) I know I was like well she is my friend first of all (laughs) Um, but are you gonna sell this to the media because I can't give you all of her business you know there's like an NDA in in place (laughs) uh speaking about how women simply can't win that brings us to our next topic which was actually Ryan Gosling coming out and saying here I'll read his statement so he got nominated for Barbie um for his Oscar for um I think actor leading actor um but he said his statement oh yeah yeah I did see that his statement was I'm extremely honored to be nominated by my colleagues alongside such remarkable artists in a year of so many great films and I never thought I'd be saying this but I'm also incredibly honored and proud that it's for portraying a plastic doll named Ken but there is no Ken without Barbie and there is no Barbie movie without Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie the two people most responsible for this history making globally celebrated film no recognition would be possible for anyone on the film without their talent grit and genius he is our second bad bitch of the week because i simply love that he came out with a statement and it's so ironic it's like of course of course we would make barbie which is supposed to be so empowering for women and show how women have simply been overlooked for generations and generations and then only the man gets nominated for an oscar from the movie (laughs) and it's just like are you fucking kidding me especially uh greta gerwig the director which women directors historically never get nominated they never win um and i just feel like it's a miss and it's like you get into the arguments where you're like well do you want them just to be nominated because they're a woman no of course not but it's barbie and ken gets nominated yeah. like, like the what? irony of it is weird because it'd be one thing if he got nominated but so did they or yeah. so did one of them or but it's just the fact that like literally only he got nominated right like it wasn't them it was only him so it's like the irony of that like come on yeah <laughs> And, like, if he's getting nominated for that, then they definitely deserve that. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's undeserved and we're just, like, give it to them because they're a woman. Yeah, I know. And I feel like that's what so many people think. And I'm like, no, that's not what this is. But, yeah, so he's our second bad bitch of the week. Um, Allie, I wanted to ask you, do you know what's going on with Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion? Okay, no. I keep seeing stuff, but to be honest, I haven't looked into it. So I looked into it a little bit. Um, It sounds like, okay, I don't know. I have this issue because I love Nicki Minaj's music. Yeah, me too. But I don't love her as a person. Yeah, neither do I. (laughs) I think she's full of herself. First of all, she married a rapist. (laughs) Did she? I don't even know who she's married to. Yeah, I don't know his name. I think he's from a different country, but I know for sure that he's a rapist. There he was convicted of being a rapist. Ew, and she has kids with him, right? Yeah, they had a baby. And, okay, the thing about Nikki is she's always in this drama with these other female rappers, and it just feels like she's the type of woman that doesn't want other women to succeed. At least that's my 
take. Right. Like, I get being proud of the fact that you are one of the first, like, of our generation, like, big female rap artists. But also, like, shouldn't that make you want more women in the game? But she's, like, insecure about it. Yeah, for sure. And everything that Megan has gone through, like, I'm so excited for her. Like, I'm so excited that she's on top right now. And I'm not even necessarily, like, a huge fan of Megan Thee Stallion's music. But I think she's so fun. She's hilarious. She's smart. She's – I just think that she's really good um, with everything that she does. Yeah, I don't listen to a lot of her stuff, but I I want to now because I do love Nicki Minaj's music. Like, I just, like, got her whole album. I think there was a diss track. I think I can't remember if it yeah, was. Yeah, okay, so that's what I saw. Something with, like, they're both of their tracks side by side. But I didn't go listen to them because I didn't know, like, what was happening. Yeah, so if you want <laughs> if you want to know more about that, Allie and I don't know about it, so you're going to have to use Google. Sorry. <laughs> if you could message us and let us know <laughs> Seriously. Going Someone tell really us. Cool. Someone tell us. Okay. Um, gosh, I have another man on here. Men need therapy. Every man needs therapy. And I don't even say that rudely. Okay, I kind of say it rudely. But seriously. Well, people love to be like, women need therapy too. And I'm like, we're in therapy. <laughs> we're fucking doing it. That's the point. <laughs> women are in therapy. Men, even like Corey, uh, my husband, he he wouldn't go to therapy like he simply wouldn't go because he just says nah I'm fine (laughs) (laughs) he would say it just like that too is the thing nah I'm good (laughs) I'm like dude I have known you since we have been 14 years old I've seen the things that you have seen you are not good my man you are not good (laughs) like what are we doing here anyway Okay, so back to the man that we're talking about, Justin Timberlake. Uh, oh, gosh. So some stuff has been going down between Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake. I'm going to read this article just because I feel like it actually says everything. Okay. Um, but okay, so it says, Justin Timberlake is seething over renowned drama with his ex-girlfriend, Britney Spears, overshadowing his new music, a source tells Page Six exclusively. Justin has hoped the backlash from Spears' memoir would have blown over by now so that he could focus on his new album, which he's very excited about. But every day is something new, the insider says. Timberlake rep did not respond to Page Six's request for comment. The former NSYNC member, 43, came under fire in October 2023 after Spears, 42, revealed in her book, The Woman and Me, that she had an abortion during their relationship because he definitely wasn't happy about the pregnancy and didn't want to be a father. Timberlake has yet to publicly respond to the bombshell, though a source told Page Six exclusively ahead of the Tells All release that the Mirrors crooner had been concerned about what the Princess of Pop would reveal. The dust seemed to settle after a few weeks of Spears' fans trolling Timberlake on Instagram, which forced him to disable comments on his account. But Britney Army was back to their old tricks once the sexy back singer announced his musical comeback in January. After Timberlake's release, Selfish, the first single from his forthcoming album, Everything I Thought It Was, Spears' supporters successfully campaigned to get the Toxic Singer's 2011 song of the same name to number one on iTunes. Spears, on the other hand, took the high road by praising her ex's new track on Instagram 
Monday and apologizing to anyone offended with her best-selling memoir. Timberlake evidently did not accept the as he issued a pseudo-apology of his own during a performance in New York City just two days later, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely fucking nobody, he told concertgoers. Spears was quick to fire back, slamming former boybender online for talking shit. Her post was, someone told me someone was talking shit about me on the streets. <laughs> Do you want to bring it? I know, it? her post is insane. <laughs> I love her post so much. Okay. She posted on Instagram just a basketball hoop with the moon behind it. I don't know why. <laughs> why is that the picture? But she, she just said, Googled like cool basketball hoop pictures. <laughs> I love a moon picture. I actually feel that. <laughs> she said, Someone told me someone was talking shit about me on the streets. Do you want to bring it to the court or will you go home crying to your mom like you did last time? I'm not sorry. And (laughs) this is so funny to me. I do just think it's so lame of Justin Timberlake, though, to never come out and be like, yeah, I was an idiot when I was a kid. And you know what? Why couldn't you just be like, yeah, like, hey, we were young and I was scared and I made decisions based off of those two things. Mm -hmm. And like, if I could go back and comfort her more and be kinder, I would. I feel like then people would be like, yeah, because I do get that. I do think like there is something to the fact that there was like he was in the middle of rising to fame, which goes to your head. He was like in a public relationship. He was young. You're young. People are like, I just feel like if he would have owned that, nobody would have been hating on him. I mean, people would, but like not the majority. Yeah. And I my problem It's so bizarre to me because the abortion part, while it was horrific to read about, wasn't my main issue with Justin. My main issue with Justin was how he broke up with her and then went on tour to sing Cry Me a River and turn everyone against her in the audience. Um, Yeah, I know. Okay, so I finished listening to her book. Oh, yes. Okay, so tell me all your thoughts on the book. And actually, okay, so first of all, I was like near tears many times for how fucked Mm -hmm. up her life is and Mm -hmm. her family is. And yes- the fact is that he's the one that cheated on her. She never cheated on him. And then he was made out to be, like, this beautiful man that everyone wanted. And she was, like, this, like, hussy who slept around when none of that was true. And she was, like, completely heartbroken by their breakup. And that was, and like, also, her yeah, first, like, love, too. Like, she yeah, like she, that. And also, throughout the whole book, by the way, she talks about it, but she's not, like, dissing him. No. Because she says that she still has, like, a ton of, like... Um, admiration for him and like it seems like she still like adores him and like like looks back on their relationship fondly even though those parts at the end were hard yeah I agree and I just feel like it's a douche move like first of all that's the popular Conor McGregor quote of I'd like to take a moment to apologize to absolutely fucking nobody and it's just like you're a fucking douche how about you apologize to your wife for cheating on her all these years right (laughs) Because that's definitely happening. I will never like, not believe after, he didn't cheat. It's after she comes out and says, like, like, hey, guys, like, still show him love. Like, I love his new single. Like, I don't want any hate for anyone. That he, That's when he should have been, like, like, he should have made a joke, like, hey, even Britney loves his song. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, something funny like that. Like, mm-hmm. but it's the fact that he's, like, you're being sweet about it. I'm going to be a dick to you again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, Justin Timberlake, whatever opposite of bad 
oh, douche of the week. Douche <laughs> of the week. I was just thinking, like, biggest douche of the week. <laughs> Justin Timberlake. Um, speaking of douches, that leaves us into our that leads us into our last pop culture news, which is if anyone is a Vanderpump Rules fan. Um, yes. First of all, their first episode of season twelve, their latest season came out. I watched it. It was good. Yep. It was a yeah. solid episode. Um, I'm amped for this season. Same. Uh, because, okay, I'm starting to see already, maybe I'm going to get um, persuaded the other way. But I feel like Ariana is almost going too far now. Like, I, not that, yes. like, it's just. People no called one... it months ago, though. People called her out months ago because it's like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, she just takes it ugh, to the For extreme. the first episode, I will say, I felt like she was pretty classy overall because um, if you guys watched the first episode, Lala had a moment where she called Raquel um, or Rachel, whatever we're supposed to call her. But um, she, reached, <laughs> she reached out to her and um, basically said, like, if you need someone, I'm here. Um and then she told Ariana about it, and Ariana reacted actually pretty, like, classy, was like, okay, like, I understand. So, anyway, Raquel Levi's comes out and says, Rachel Levi's, I mean, says Tom Sandoval orchestrated the entire scandal. He thinks that, or she thinks that he masterminded it to the point where he wanted Ariana to find out the way that she found out, and that he did Well, I mean, to this. an extent, like, he wasn't trying to hide it. I could see it. I could 100% see it for ratings, especially, especially because his and his little pea-sized brain, he doesn't understand that cheating is a big deal. Like, he genuinely does not think cheating is a big deal. He even said he came out with a statement recently. What did it say? It was like, I won't cheat Sorry for cheating in that way. Yeah, I learned my lesson. (gasps) I won't cheat in that way again. Like, in that way? What do you mean? Just don't cheat, man. Why is that so hard? Stay single. You're in West Hollywood. You're on a TV show. You can hook up with all these women that you want. Like, just don't get into a relationship. I'm so sick of men that do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't. Ugh. Okay, and here's the thing. Um, did you see the TikTok I sent you last night? I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. You have to go watch it after this because Tom Sandoval and Tom Schwartz went on Nick Viles. Um, podcast Uh and I was I saw this clip of like pointing out how Tom is such a narcissist like an actual narcissist and it talks about narcissistic like traits and he is literally insane he showed up 45 minutes late to the podcast for Nick Vile and um, at that point Nick and Schwartz are talking and and Nick is like, why are you late, dude? Like, I just want to know why you're late. Because it's rude. Like, it's yeah. like a, for a friend. It's a work engagement. It's fucking rude to be, like, that late. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, you showed up two hours late to my podcast. And Nick is so – I don't even really like Nick that much, but he's so calm. He's like, that's not true. And so Nick, whoever, maybe it's, like, his co-person, his uh, co-host, whatever. I don't know if it's his producer, but she pulls up uh, – she pulls up basically proof that, like, he wasn't late. She's like, this is a text at, from this time when Nick is telling me, texted me, hey, I'm done. I'm done with the podcast. 
Like, and she has receipts of the time he sent that, and Tom is still going. And then he backtracks, and he's like, dude, but no, still, you were, like, this late, blah, blah, blah. And, and, like, they have proof that he's not. And it goes through, like, at first he's gaslighting, then he's, like, backtracking, and then he tries to deflect or change his... Like, it's insane. You have to go watch this clip after this that I sent you. Oh, Because he's seriously, like, I just hate... Like, they're, none of them are, like, fantastic people, right? I don't mm-hmm. care. Like, I still like a lot of them a lot. Like, I even like Schwartz, even though Schwartz is mostly a piece of shit. Like, there's something a little bit endearing about him. And I do think he's, like, grown a little bit. I see a mm-hmm. little bit of growth. Mm-hmm. But, like, Tom Sandoval is human trash. He is he's a terrible person. Like, nobody should be wanting to date this guy. Or listen to his music. Can you believe Ugh, that people so buy terrible. <laughs> people buy tickets to go watch this man perform? That is the most wild. And half thing the people, to me. when that was happening too, they were like, "Oh, it's just as like a gag. Like it's because it's funny." I'm like, "You're still supporting him." Is the point? Yeah, and like, like he, he makes thinks money. you're there because he's great, <laughs> <laughs> and you're he's feeding, not great. You're feeding this man's ego. We need to stop feeding these men's yeah. egos. <laughs> and you know what? I'm not through. Okay, so. I have watched Vanderpump Rules, like, I think I'm on, like, season nine now or something, or season eight. I'm on season eight, and then I skipped ahead, watched the last season, because I wanted to know about the scandal, and then I've started watching this. So I'm kind of, like, in between. I'm not done, but, like, I'm watching it all over the place. But I stand by that I never liked Billy Lee. Mm-hmm. I did not like her when she was on the show. Like, I thought she was terrible. I thought she, like, made herself, like, a martyr. Like, she just was, like annoying and now she's one of the only previous cast members like who's like still best friends with tom sandoval and like majorly supports him and i'm like yep i knew i didn't like you billy lee to me reminds me of women who say that they're one of the guys like yes oh i just don't have a lot of girlfriends like i just don't get along with girls there's such drama and i'm like you're drama if you think girls are drama Red fucking flag. Red fucking flag. Yes. Nothing makes me run faster than when a girl is like, well, I just have always gotten along with boys better. <laughs> That's fucking terrifying. Honestly. Okay. Yeah. Honestly. A hundred percent. Like, you're not for me then. And that means you are drama. Yeah. A hundred percent. But yeah, I do think I'm excited for the line where Lala calls um, Ariana out and is like, I've never seen someone get cheated on and become God yeah because that is what it is so far it's just like everyone and it's like i get it she really is i think tam uh tom 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 Schwartz said this in the most recent episode that she's like queen of scorned women everywhere so it's like yeah. this power which i love i love but at the same time i can see where lala is going with this so i'm yeah. excited for the rest of the season to play out and you if you haven't I, I watched think, you know if you Sorry. haven't watched, <laughs> I was just going to yell at people if they haven't watched Vanderpump Rules, they need to watch yes. Vanderpump Rules. Yes. It's so, I took forever to watch it. And then when the scandal came out, I was like, okay, fine. I'll start watching it slowly. I'm obsessed with it. And I thought I would never like this show. Um, honestly, so I'm obsessed with like all things Bravo. I need to start watching all the Bravo shows. I know. Um, I do too. The reason I love Schwartz, like, even though Schwartz is honestly also kind of a terrible person. Yeah. But I also Ugh. think it's because he's, he's, like, hasn't grown up. And I'm hoping as he separates a little bit from Tom Sandoval that, like, he grows a little more. Because I do think it was like he was in, like, a toxic relationship. And he's Me still not fully out too. of it. I feel yeah. like I feel like Sandoval abused Tom Schwartz in similar ways that he abused Ariana. 
I think Sandoval played a big part in the end of Schwartz and Katie's marriage. Oh, for sure. I, I think, think he was super manipulative. He never liked Katie. They revealed in this episode that he was telling everyone how terrible Katie was. Like, he hindered Ariana and Katie's, like, relationship for a long time. Yeah, that's Anyway, up. the part that I was going to bring up was Schwartz. <laughs> okay. Ariana goes to their restaurant <laughs> for the first time since, like, they since before, like, this whole scandal. <laughs> Schwartz is, like preparing to see her right so like the normal thing would be like one time you have to see him like the first time he sees her he's like do you need anything to drink and she ignores him like okay it happened move on he goes over a second time did you see that he goes over a second time and he's like He's like, hi, Ariana. Like, how are you doing? And she's still like, honey, she ignored you the first time. You did what you had to do. You were polite. Like, he just is so awkward. Like, he's such an awkward human being that, like, he went for it a second time. I and know. And honestly, good for her on just being like, I'm not fucking talking to you. Like, I know. Like, she just straight face was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that energy. Me too. Like, just, she seems so unbothered. That's why I really liked mm-hmm. this first episode. That's why I'm like, I'm kind of sad that it seems to go where she gets on, like, a power-hungry strike. It seems like that's where the season is going. Because I felt like in this first episode, she was so classy and just, like, sure of herself. But you know what? Getting cheated on, in general, is so much trauma. It's so much trauma for one person to go through. And then the way that she was cheated on with a friend, um, add more trauma it happening in front of the world add more trauma and then she becomes like Schwartz said queen of scorned women everywhere and it's like this massive responsibility almost to be like this strong inspiring yeah woman. that's true mm-hmm. like to not give in at all yeah. yeah that's true and now she's at the and top so she's gonna fall and that's what always happens you know and... who like I know I'm gonna hate this season hmm Sheena oh Sheena Oh, Sheena. Sheena has the bothered way me. she makes everything about herself. Like, she keeps having to bring up how much trauma this was for her. And as someone who has had a very close family member go through a cheating thing, I understand that it is, like, it also does affect you. But it's not trauma for you. Mm-hmm. And even if it is, shut the fuck up about it. What'd she say in this episode? She was like, if... All he did, if all Tom Sandoval did was cheat on Ariana and fall in love with Raquel, maybe we could forgive him. But they put a restraining order on me. Like, how am I supposed to forgive that? And I'm like, Sheena, what do you mean? If all he did was break your best friend's heart. (laughs) It's just like. Into a million pieces. Like, uh, what? No, no. Okay. That's it. Wait, I have a question for you. Oh, wait, go ahead. Okay, this was not an Am I the Asshole. It was a TikTok I saw, and I wanted to see your opinion on this. Okay. Okay. This guy, it could be an Am I the Asshole, though. Um, Okay, so this guy and his girlfriend, wife, I don't know. They were going, they were traveling, and I read afterwards that they were traveling to see his daughter. And she had made them miss his flight before. Like, I don't know if it was like a week or two before or when the last time they tried to go, but they missed their flight. This woman insisted on getting coffee at Starbucks while they were at the airport waiting for their flight to go visit this man's daughter. Mm -hmm. And he was like, we do not have time to do that because it was like far enough away where it was going to take time and they were leaving in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And he said, we don't have time to do that. And she was like, I'm going to go get a coffee. Like, and she's like insisting they haven't, she has enough time. 
uh, she misses it. Like, he's waiting, waiting, waiting until the last minute that he has to board. And he boards without her and flies without her because she misses the flight. And she's going off on him. Like, of how fucked up this is that he left her behind. But, like, I would too. And I would too. Listen to me. I get so much stress flying. I don't care if I'm not even going to see my kids. If you're, if we're supposed to get on a flight and Charles went somewhere where I said, don't do that, you're going to miss it, I'm leaving without you. I'm leaving without you. I don't care. <laughs> I am Bye. 100% on his side, but at the same time, I can totally see myself being like, I have enough time to get a nice coffee. I do it every day on my way to work. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I have enough time to get a nice coffee really quick. I don't. Spoiler alert. You never have time to get the iced coffee. <laughs> see, but the thing is for me... That if Charles, maybe it's because Charles disagrees and argues with me so little, that if he was like, you do not have time to do that, I would just wouldn't do it. Like, I would be like, fine. I'd be a bitch about it, and I'd be pissed at him that I didn't get my coffee, but I wouldn't go do it, if that makes sense. Like, I'd be like, fine, I won't go do it. And then he'd hear about it for the rest of the day. Plot twist. <laughs> I would make Corey go get my iced coffee, and then I would still get on the plane and board with <laughs> I'd be like, why did you take so long? <laughs> but that's just me. <laughs> Personal preference. <laughs> oh, man. I cannot. I'm except. OK, I'm definitely 100 percent the type of person that has to be on time. Like I. Oh, my gosh. You guys. In one of the episodes that Allie and I recorded, um, we didn't post this one. But this is one where I felt like I was truly not being myself at all. Which, by the way, I feel like I've been myself this whole episode, so I'm excited. But anyway. Don't I was, jinx it. <laughs> I was not myself <laughs> at all on this episode that we never posted. But I said these words that I have never said in my entire life, and I still cannot believe that they came out of my mouth. I said the words, I do not like control. And I cannot believe that me who has to be prepared for everything, who has to go, has to be so early to everything. I would never be late. Has to do all the editing for this podcast because I need to have the control of what I say and when I say it and what goes on. I need control over every aspect of my life. And that's how much I was not being myself. I was like, yeah, I'm a pretty chill person. I don't, I don't really need control. <laughs> that's true because I've offered to like also get good at editing and Allie's like I have to do it don't touch this I just have to I ha- I'm a and I freak. consider myself a controlling person mm-hmm. but I think and I I think I am in different ways from you yeah because in the podcast way I'm like well you already said it it's out now like my brain would never be like let me edit that or that and then I'm like that makes more sense wouldn't that be the right thing to do if I but my brain just goes well it's done now time to have an anxiety attack over it <laughs> How about instead of fixing this, you just panic, and that's what I do. <laughs> you get, like, stuck. You're, like, freeze out of, like, fight, yes. freeze. What's the other one? Yeah, fight? oh, yeah, freeze. Even, like, I remember being younger, you guys. My brother would chase me across the house, and I would run for a second and then just sit down and cower. And I remember one day he was like, why do you do that? He was like, if someone is chasing you, you get your ass up and you run. And I was like, I just feel like I know I'm not going to run fast enough, so let's accept it. <laughs> like, 
So I just feel like I'm not going to be able to fix it. So let's just accept it. My animals have ran away two different times. And one time friends were there for it. And I literally, they were looking for my cat. And I just go, he's gone. He's dead. It had been five minutes. I was like, (laughs) why are you looking for him? You're wasting your time. He's dead. Let's accept his death. That is such real anxiety, though. That's like worst case scenario every time. That's like what. Immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My kid is sick. And I, if they like, we've had to go to the hospital a couple times because like fevers got too high. And I'm like, this is it. They're going <laughs> to tell me he's dying. Oh, my God. That's so Charles sad. is like, he he just he just has a virus. Like they're just going to give him some fluids and send him home. And I'm like, nope. This is it. So you definitely talk about this in therapy, right? (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me this isn't normal? (laughs) It is not normal. I remember when I was postpartum like a few months and I was like definitely probably dealing with a little bit of postpartum depression or at least just I don't even think you have to be dealing with postpartum depression for the postpartum period to be fucking really hard. Um, but I remember yeah. I was like so scared of Theo dying. I was like so scared and Allie's like, Yeah, it really doesn't get any better. <laughs> and then like a few months later for me it got better and I was sitting there thinking like, Man, Allie's had kids a lot longer than I have. It probably should have gotten better for her by now. <laughs> but your experience I feel like you're the only one who understands that I actually have like severe anxiety. Yeah. And I don't and I really thought that was normal, like, because it's just so normal to me that I my brain has normalized it. But I did bring it up in therapy. I was like, yeah, I think about this. I think about, like, and I gave specific intrusive thoughts that I had, like, probably once a day. And she just looked so sad for me. She was like, no, that's not, like, the average person. And I was like, what? And she has a child, like, the age of my oldest child. And I was like, excuse me? You're not thinking that all the time? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Anxiety is a trip. I feel like I understand it in you because I see with OCD, I feel like it makes me able to understand like severe anxiety because I've experienced those moments of panic. I just don't have them every yeah. day like you seem to have. Right. Well, and even if you're not like reacting the same way I am, you have unrealistic or like illogical reactions too. So yeah. I think when you see that in me or other people, you're like, yeah, like it doesn't like I don't do that. But like, yeah, like other people who don't have anything like that are like why don't you just do this mm-hmm. why didn't you just mm-hmm. do that and it's just like like they don't understand why i freeze or why i'm like just like i literally can't talk while i'm having an anxiety attack so even mm-hmm. if you're trying to help me i'm just like i um mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. i can't talk same i can't either i can barely talk when i'm not so having if you an anxiety constantly attack think that your kid's gonna die <laughs> hi <laughs> want to be my friend <laughs> want to be my mom friend that's how we find mom friends actually we probably should stay away from each other (laughs) seriously (laughs) never mind don't talk to me i have enough bad thoughts oh man okay this week you guys we are going to talk about our best and worst relationships and this includes all relationships at least it does for me because i've only had two real boyfriends in my entire life so i'm also using friendships yeah, same. Actually, I've only had two real boyfriends. Anyway, what's... Okay, you want me to go first? <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to go first? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Allie's going first. Oh, my God. Okay, I guess I'll go first, you guys. <laughs> um, okay, well, I mean, my absolute worst relationship of all time was my ex-husband. 
Gross. Hate that guy. <laughs> he blocked me. Her ex-husband blocked me. What have Stop I ever it. done? Wait. <laughs> Did he? Was that like towards like when we first got divorced? Um, no, it was a little bit after because I didn't notice until like a couple months after. And also like remember okay, so for background information, if you guys don't know, obviously I'll let Allie speak on this a little bit more. But um we all grew up together. So like I knew her husband really well. I was really close friends with him as well. We all went to the same high school, junior high. <laughs> Um, so we've known each other for a really long time, but, um, when they first got divorced, obviously I made it clear that I was on Allie's side because I saw or heard a lot of the things that she went through because of him. Um, but I was still like cordial with him. Like I was going to be like nice. Like I never wanted it to be weird if we saw each other or anything like that. Yeah. And then he had just blocked me. I don't know. I must've said something because even though, even though I was going to be like cordial with him, I can't help it when stuff comes out of my mouth I feel like like I can't help it when you hurt my best friend and I say yeah that he's a kind of a piece of shit so maybe that was probably (laughs) something like that happened (laughs) which is like wild to me because he's openly admitted that he treated me terribly the Mm -hmm. end of our relationship like he's openly said it to me apologized to me so I'll tell you that he's apologized he's owned it but then it's like he fucking flipped like after like when other people say it and he has he's been pissed at me for like two years because of a podcast episode we did two years ago (laughs) oh my gosh maybe that's why I got blocked maybe it was an episode um okay so what what would you say why don't you give like a whole little like synopsis of your guys's relationship for people who are new and listening because they don't okay well I'm probably gonna get yelled at for this because even if he doesn't listen one of his little minions listens and then they tell him (laughs) that I talked about him in the podcast and he's only mad because it makes him sound bad and the girls back home won't date him if he sounds bad (laughs) so let me let me preface this by saying everything I'm talking about at this point was like four to five years ago I don't know the human being he is now I mean I do a little bit because he was still a dick to me this summer Mm-hmm. Um, still fucking mad at me, but maybe like in his regular life, other than him being still angry at your ex-wife, who's completely moved on with her life and her romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, maybe he's great. I don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. he's doing great. So let me just preface that. So any of you hometown girls who thought it was cute, I sure go for it. Um, <laughs> don't go I, for I it. I don't recommend that. Allie won't say it, but I will say it. I guarantee you this man has not changed. I guarantee it. Okay, but I'm just, you know, covering all my bases legally. (laughs) I don't have to give Um, a fuck anymore. You made a mistake when you blocked me, motherfucker, because I don't have to watch myself at all anymore. I also want to own that in this relationship, like, I became toxic, too, because I I do feel like he initiated it. I do feel like he did the major things wrong that led to a divorce. But I think that I became like a terrible version of myself because I just wanted his attention. And sometimes the only way I could get his attention was by fighting with him. Mm-hmm. So then I would like, that's how, what I would take because that's what mm-hmm. I could get. So I was definitely like, I, fe- I feel like I look back and I'm like, oh, I gaslit you quite a bit at the end because mm-hmm. I just wanted like emotions and feeling out of you. But anyway. I love... Um, I love that you can reflect on that and admit that. 
I will say, though, and I'm not saying that, like, your relationship reached, like, the depths of, like, abuse or anything, but that's what they always say about abuse is, like, it can't be mutual because you can't judge a person who's being abused for how they act or react. Yeah. But a lot of the time, people do. Um, It reminds me, actually, which I'll probably get hate for this, but Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, I was on the side of Amber. Um. And oh, people, really? Yeah, I, I'm still on her side. I'm still on her side because I just don't believe – I feel like she wasn't the perfect victim, and people tear that apart. Um, That's fair. And I feel like abuse can't be mutual. And I feel like with the age difference between them and the power that he had over her because his career was so much bigger than hers ever could have been – um, I feel like there is a power struggle from day one between their age and his position in the world. And I think that he was a drunk. I think that he did drugs. I think that he abused her. I think that there's actually evidence that he abused her. Um, there's text messages, witnesses, and I feel like all that stuff got taken out of the media. And I just feel like a bad relationship can we say that they both did wrong yeah i'm sure amber did a lot wrong but do i think it was in retaliation to the abuse that she was already suffering from absolutely yeah so that's where i feel like i'm on her side because and it just bothers me you guys like we were at this place a few years ago where we were like believe women believe women and now we've destroyed this woman the media has fully yeah. destroyed this woman, taken her down, and said that she doesn't matter. And now there's jokes by comedians that are like, yeah, believe all women, except for Amber Heard. So now it's just like what it leaves behind is like so detrimental yeah. to like the movement that we were working on with Me Too. Yeah. So it just like it, the whole thing drives me insane yeah I feel very torn on it to be honest like in my brain I will say I am like they're both just like terrible humans who shouldn't be in relationships but Mm -hmm. I could see where you're coming from on your side of it too and I can see that side too I can I can 100% see like they're just both terrible because I'm looking at it I don't feel like anyone won (laughs) yeah and I'm looking at it from a place of like I'm going like really in depth right like I don't know this stuff about these people I don't know anything about these people but I tend to overthink things so I think that I (laughs) I come up like I really especially abuse because I was in an abusive relationship when I was younger yeah it just is a very like hot topic for me or like a touchy subject for me too so I feel like I'm always trying to be empathetic to who I see as the victim yeah that's fair that's probably better than me (laughs) (laughs) I'm like y'all suck (laughs) (laughs) okay so he's like hang on let's dive in and I'm like no 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 no." (laughs) um okay So we were together for a long time, and I don't think it was, like, perfect. I think it was kind of just, like, a normal teenage relationship, if I'm being honest. Um, We definitely shouldn't have gotten married. Like, we weren't bad when we got married, but we also weren't great. Like, if you're getting married, you want to be in, like, the best place ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, getting married to, like, my now husband, we were, like, happier than we had ever, you know what I mean? Like, it was, like, the happiest I'd ever been. Yeah. And that's how you should be when you're getting married. Um. I think we got married more out of convenience because he was in the Air Force and I wanted to move with him. Um, And the first year was like, okay, but yeah, we just fought a lot. Like he drank a lot. 
not even a lot. It's just that he wasn't a nice person when he drank. Mm. Like, I think he wasn't actually happy with me and he wasn't actually in love with me. So then when he would drink, it would, like, come out more and he'd be really dismissive of me, really, like, really just, like, not nice to me. We never had sex. Like, there was no sex life. And there wasn't a big one before that because we were really young. We spent time apart. But, like, when we were married, the last three years of our relationship, there was no sex. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's like, which felt you, really embarrassing for a long time, but now mean, I'm like, that's not embarrassing. I just want to ask you, do you mean like literally no sex? Like literally no sex? Literally, we did not have sex for three years. Wow. And I, and he would, the thing that's manipulative, the thing that makes him shitty, because it's one thing to like, if you fall out of love, you fall out of love. Mm-hmm. You can work on it a little bit, but like, I don't want anything like that, like forced, you know? But like the thing with him is that, like, when I would say, well, do you just not want to... It was almost like he didn't want to be with me, but he also didn't want me with anyone else, and he was too, like, much of a coward to end things. Mm-hmm. And, like, ultimately, he did push it to where I was the one that ended things. Mm-hmm. Like, I, we had a huge fight at the end, and I was ultimately the one that was like, I think we should get a divorce. And when I said that to him, his face was, like, in shock. And I remember being like, you don't want to be with me. Mm-hmm. we're not good we fight all the time at this point too because before that we had at least had like our friendship we had a really good friendship and for the last like six months before that there had been no friendship he came home from work we did everything completely separate mm-hmm. so like and then he goes well don't you think we shouldn't like jump into it and I remember being shocked because in my brain I was like I'm not jumping into this I've been contemplating like what to do for our marriage for years Mm-hmm. Like, I've been working on myself. I've been, I've tried everything. Like, I was in therapy at that time. I was on antidepressants. Like, I was trying everything I could. Um, And so he was like, don't you think we should just, like, separate? And I was like, we can separate for two weeks and come back and talk about it. But in my head, and I didn't say it out loud, I was like, I know we're getting a divorce. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they say that men don't deal with stuff and, like, push stuff off, but then they're not actively there for you. They're not trying and that women try, 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 so that when we are actually done, we're done. Yeah. And then suddenly men are like, wait, I haven't emotionally dealt with this yet. But we're like, well, we did. Like, we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also obviously a big thing in our relationship where I felt like he um, had an inappropriate relationship with one with a person that I considered a close friend. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like every time we were together, they were flirting. It made me, like, literally, and I'm not talking, like, their words flirting. I'm talking, like, sitting very close to each other on the couch. And she was also married. Mm-hmm. Um, like, just, like, inappropriate. And every time I would bring it up, this man would, like, like, you're so crazy. That there's nothing happening there. Like, like literally, like, gaslight the hell out of me. Like, and make me think, like, oh, you're being so, you're just insecure because you're not in a good place in your marriage. Mm-hmm. And then after we got officially divorced, he basically called and admitted that he had had feelings for this friend the entire time we knew her. (laughs) Um, And that uh, they had, since we had been divorced, which had only been like a month, they had admitted it to each other. Fuck. I'm Um, like sitting here, like as you're recounting all this, I'm like fucking seething. I'm like so, I'm like. getting mad again. I'm like, my blood is like boiling. I'm not even kidding you because the thing that makes me so upset is that he made you you kind of touched on it and I think I interrupted you but that you felt embarrassed for a long time that he wasn't having sex with you um and 
that he made you feel like undesired and then he gaslit you when you could fully see with your own eyes that something was going on between him and this friend and then for him to come at you afterwards and be like yeah I do like her like I I do want to be with her it's just you have to be a really special kind of piece of shit to do that because it's just like that's your friend like when you guys divorced honestly like that friend she should have been on your side and made it very clear like things should have changed between them but instead they grew closer it's yeah she made it so much she was a terrible friend through my divorce a Mm. terrible friend she had plans to come visit us it was like her birthday present and then we separated and I called her and was like I'm not living there anymore like it's not good we're getting divorced and she like made it about herself and was like well I already bought the tickets like to come see you and I and like insisted on still coming to see me I was like can we stay at like where I was living at the time and she was like like she just like pushed it I felt to where I felt like I had to then stay back at the house with my soon-to-be ex-husband um and the whole time and we had a whole moment too we went to the pool and her and I, I was crying to her and she was crying with me and it felt very genuine she was like and she's in a shitty marriage her husband's such a dick mm-hmm. and so I felt like she was like almost bond almost like jealous of the fact not jealous in a bad way but just like bonding with me like she's like you just deserve to be so happy like I want you to be happy like it felt like we had a moment and I expressed to her that I felt like they flirted and it made me uncomfortable and she was like I I will work on that I won't do that and then she did it even worse like literally they were sitting on my couch together sharing a blanket when I came home from work one day okay I'm actively getting a divorce from this man I've cried to you about it and then, like, one night, he and I got in a little bit of an argument, and she went in the room with him and was, like, sitting on the bed with him. And I literally said, okay, she has five minutes to get out of that room or I'm leaving. Like, I will walk to a friend's house. I don't care. I'm not staying here with you. You can get your own fucking ride to the airport. I was pissed. Sharing a blanket. Let's Yeah, just... and we have, like, multiple seats, multiple couches. This bitch is sitting right next to him on the couch, touching him, sharing a blanket. I wouldn't even do that with this man, and I've known him since I was 12, and I wouldn't do that. See, and here's my my biggest thing that I tell people is that I feel more hurt by her, and I feel more trauma from her than I did from him, I think, because with him, after a while, I came to expect it. Like, he's never treated me that phenomenally. Like, he said very sweet words to me. I do believe at one point he was in love with me, but, like, he's never, like, put me first made me a priority like those were things I was begging for but like out of my friendship I expected more from her Mm -hmm. and she wasn't even the one to come to me and tell me that they had talked after our divorce and had admitted feelings for each other Mm. I literally said to her I remember saying why is my ex-husband the one telling me this happened when he doesn't owe me shit now Mm -hmm. but you who are acting like you're still currently my friend didn't have the nerve to tell me Mm mm-hmm yeah done it because she he like told his feelings to her and then she said she had feelings for him back correct yes and the thing is when and i'm not like giving him a free pass by any means 
But when he told me, he was on the phone, like, crying, telling me. He's like, I've been so shitty to you. Like, it was a genuine apology Mm -hmm. for how he had treated me and, like, gaslit me and, like, manipulated that situation. And when I confronted her, it was complete denial. She turned it around on me. Like, there was... I did get an apology from her via, like, an Instagram message, like, a year later. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I said, like, I can accept your apology, but we can still never be friends again, it was, like, cold again. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, like, immediately cold. She won't have me on social media. I'm like, whatever. So, how do you believe, like, okay, I have a question, and this might be a hard question, but how do you think it has impacted you and, like, today and then like shortly after and like is there any like good that you can say has come from it um okay well I've been told by two different therapists that I have a form of PTSD like obviously not PTSD like hardcore PTSD from like big dramatic events but like relationship PTSD Mm -hmm. and that um I also am always convinced that my husband is cheating on me (laughs) Oh my god. He's not cheating on me. That's so always convinced. That's so sad though, because it's like that's the trauma that is inflicted. Like I don't think people understand how big of a trauma cheating actually is. Because when you're with someone and they're your husband, you see the rest of your life with them. They are your world. Without them, your world is completely different. So to like betray that in a way that you can never recover from and to do it with someone that was also close to you so you're losing not one but two people the trauma that comes with that I feel like it is it isn't small I feel yeah. like it is big I feel like it is big trauma and well, I could and see like, it just for years I like gaslit myself and mm-hmm. was like you're imagining things so now even when I'm imagining things because of what happened I'm like well are you though you weren't mm-hmm. confident enough in yourself before. Like, what if, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, like, such a mind fuck. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. I do think it's made me appreciate, like, my current relationship more. That's good. Like, when he does, like, the tiniest, like, he'll start my car for me without me, without asking me, without knowing. He'll just mm-hmm. start my car for me. And I, the first time he did it, cried. Oh. I, like, walked out to my car. Like, he doesn't say it either. He's not like, hey, I started your car. Like, I just go out to my car to leave. And I'm like, did you start my car for me? And he's like, yeah. I knew you were leaving and it's really hot out, so I wanted it to be cooled down. And I was like, I literally cried. I was like, that is so nice. And also because, like, to be honest, I'm not that thoughtful of a person. I'm just Mm -hmm. not. Like, I'm, like, in my own world most of the time. So the fact that, like, he thinks of me enough to do things like that is, like, such a big deal to me. No, I love that. Is that your best relationship? (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) I don't want to give Charles that credit because he's going to let it go to his head. (laughs) You know what's so funny? (laughs) I have my best relationship, so I have my husband, Corey. But then I have you and Glenda because I just feel like Mm -hmm. my friendship with the two of you has shaped me in so many ways. Yeah, um, yeah. I have you guys. I have like I says my core three. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so you it's and just, Glenda and Liz. <laughs> yeah, and it's just, it just, girlfriends. You need girlfriends. You just need girls. Need other girls. Women need other women. Yes. And I feel like the the conversations I've had with you guys and the way I've felt like so understood. I feel like you guys yeah. have taught me what like a safe relationship is. 
in so many yeah, ways. Yeah, like I probably go to you guys more for emotional things than to Charles. <laughs> because I feel like friends... I just like the response of a woman more than I like the response of a man. Yeah, well, men, okay, we both, Allie and I both have like the golden retriever husbands who are like amazing, they're so nice, they love everything, but they don't ask any questions about drama, they don't know anything about what's going on in other people's lives. Uh-uh. So it's like, they're not, I feel like Corey, for instance, if I told him, like, if I went off, say, like, after I get off this podcast, I go off about how my blood was boiling and can you believe that Allie's ex did this to her? I'd be going on and on and on. And his response would be like, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, exactly. Charles would be like, that sucks. And I, or, like, any situation, I'm like, doesn't that just piss you off? Like, aren't you just so mad right now? He's like, well, I think I just know I can't do anything about it. And I'm like, I know I can't do anything about it either. And I want to right now. Like, what? Like, let's be unrealistic for a moment. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I don't want logic. Yeah. So those are, I feel like my best relationships are with you guys. And then, but I did have a really bad relationship. Not a really bad relationship. Like, a very complicated relationship with another girl for a really, really long time. Um, where we were best friends at one point and then we kind of like drifted apart and then it became completely non-existent and I honestly feel like that relationship like as much as like friendships are so important my relationship with this friend I feel like altered me in so many ways and made me so insecure because slowly what I realized it only took me like 10 years, but like that I was always the one person in the relationship that was caring so much more than the other person. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I say like Allie and my friend Glenda and Liz, like they all taught me what a safe friendship is where it's like you can go to someone and you can talk to them and you can go on and on about how you're feeling and like they'll try so hard to understand and like they'll make you feel safe and like they'll thank you for sharing with them and all that stuff and, and they'll then, follow up on it like they follow yeah. we follow up on it like we're like how are you feeling now or how has that been going or if we think of a question that we didn't ask we'll bring it up again like yeah well yeah and there was like these instances where like I lived out of town right so like when I went home to like visit in our hometown I remember this one instance where I was like, hey, like, I'm in town. Like, let's get together. And she's like, no, like, I can't tonight. I'm going to stay home, something, something, something. And then she was, like, out at the bar with other people. And that's, like, a different kind of hurt. Like, that's, like. Oh, my God. That breaks my heart. That's a different kind of hurt coming from, like, someone that you consider to be, like, your best girlfriend to, like. Yeah. And then, like, because I would have been down to go to, like, why couldn't I be invited? And then it made me feel, it, like, gave me this anxiety that, like, she didn't want me around her other friends. Like, I wasn't good enough for them. Like, I was embarrassing somehow or something. Like, and I had, like, this huge anxiety after that. And I feel like what was really, like, transformative for me is realizing that, though. Because then I could move forward and be like, it's okay. Like, I don't have any ill will towards her. I hope that she has a very happy life. And it's okay that I wasn't important to her. 
Like, that's okay. Like, you're not going to be super important to everyone that you meet. And I feel like I have a really hard yes, time. Yes, I am. <laughs> I have such a hard time with that. I'm not even kidding. Like, I just. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't want to, I don't want to have to comprehend that. No. <laughs> I'm so black and white where it's like, I don't understand having casual friends. Like, if we're friends, I care about you Same. so deeply. Like, a casual friendship? What the fuck does that even mean? Like, we just talk sometimes. What? What do you mean? Like, I am not capable of that. I am supposed to. I am the friend that is meant to be with the other friend who everyone thinks that they're lesbians together, okay? (laughs) That's the kind of friend I am, and I can't help it. (laughs) And it's sad. (laughs) Yeah, that's really difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, That, yeah, that would be really, like, dealing with that, going through that would be really hard. Because, like, yeah, I mean, I'm the same way where I'm, like... Everyone I've ever met loves me and adores me and wants the best for me. And that's not true at all. Yeah, finding out <laughs> that you're not. don't give a shit about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then, okay, wait. You what know is... the best song for this moment with all of our people? Because hmm. there's a Taylor Swift song for everything. Hmm. Is I Forgot That You Existed by Taylor Swift. So if you haven't heard that song, if, if you are not a Swifty, um, just slowly listen to these episodes and we will turn you into a Swifty and go listen to I Forgot That You Existed because that song like helped get me through my divorce and that whole thing with my friend. Oh my gosh. I'm going to listen to that song after this and I'm going to make it my anthem for moving on from this friendship yeah. because I it's still... so like, she, what does she say? She says, it isn't love. It isn't hate. It's just indifference. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Eh. like to get to that place is so powerful. It really is. And I feel like you have to do so much work. Like I had to admit to myself that like. She wasn't being mean because for so long I thought she was being mean. I thought like, oh, like she doesn't like me. And like by not inviting me or not talking to me, like she's being mean. But no, she just, um, for whatever reason, I wasn't a friend that she wanted to keep close. And that's her prerogative. Um, So I feel like learning that has been groundbreaking for me. Um, And then my best relationship, like romantic, is me. (laughs) <laughs> it Should is Allie. The world? <laughs> Should I talk about my worst relationship? I feel like talking about Corey is just boring. So, like, my worst relationship was this redheaded fuck that I dated when I was younger. Oh, I love the redheaded fuck. <laughs> <laughs> this is the man. This is the man that I was tagged in a photo of him kissing another girl. And he looked me dead in my eyes and said... That's not me. <laughs> Men are so insane. Like, I'm not saying women don't like to, but when we're caught, we're fucking caught. Like, it's like, ah, shit. Okay. Here's the truth. Men will just double down. <laughs> I could see his whole red ass head. I knew that was him. And he goes, no, that's not me. Um, and this man. His whole red ass head. <laughs> Also, he stole my iPod. So, like, yeah, he was abusive and terrible to Ali, but he stole my iPod, you guys. That's such a Sheena moment. I love it so much. Like, if all if he, he had, If he had just been abusive to you, that's one thing. Oh. But he stole my iPod. Oh, my gosh. It sucks because, so, like, he really was, like, straight up abusive to every person that he came in contact with i think to this day i think he is a sociopath um he kicked me out of his house one time and you know what my dumbass did 
when he called me a few minutes later, I came back. Like, that's how bad our relationship was. Yeah, like, he straight up kicked me out of my house. I don't even know why. I can't even remember why. It was probably because I disagreed with him over something. And he kicked... (laughs) How dare I disagree? Yeah, so he... You, a woman, disagreed with him? A man? You, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And then I, I feel like that relationship kind of what you were saying it like took me down to like such a low spot that I was like so insecure and that's another way that like um you touched on like starting fights to like have connection and like just to have something like some type of emotion and I feel like I did that in that relationship all the time because it was so toxic yeah that I needed to find like the passion to like make it like yeah worth it almost I'm so scared for my daughter to date (laughs) Oh my gosh, we're doing our next episode right after this one, and I have a question for you about... Okay. I'm so excited for that. Oh, So, teaser, next week we're going to be doing deep questions, where we just ask each other deep questions. Um, Speaking of you being in love with me, Mm -hmm. I sent a half-naked picture of myself into our group chat three hours ago, and no one has liked the pictures. Let me see this. So... I just feels really rude and like you guys hate me and I'm never gonna talk to you again. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody has ign- Oh! Oh my! I got goodness. boudoir pictures taken. <laughs> How did I not see this this morning? Oh my goodness, girl, that ass! <laughs> That's what my sister said. She's like, you have a great ass. You really do. Oh, 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 I love how you get like boudoir pictures taken like for your spouse. And I'm like, I'm like, I guess I'll show Charles. But like, I'm like showing my sister. I'm sending it to my friends. I'm like, look how good I look. My goal one day is to have like this beautiful office. And then I just want to have like the most stunning pictures, including boudoir pictures of me just like hanging up on the walls. So I just come to my sexy space and I'm just, (laughs) (laughs) I'm here, I'm empowered. And I plan to like work in it because I'll be so inspired. In my house? I'm going to make a cry closet like my sister, but there will be, like, half-naked photos of me everywhere so that as I'm crying, I can be like, you're still a bad bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's good. (laughs) All right. Allie Um, has an am I the asshole that we're going to answer, and I'm super excited. Okay, it's kind of long. I'm trying to decide which one I want for this episode and which one I want for the next episode. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a this one for this episode okay am i the uh, it's kind of long too i feel really insecure right now that i have to read in front of you guys it feels like i'm back in like second grade when you have to take turns i love that we're just admitting this episode that we feel super insecure and super anxious about this podcast all the time yeah okay am i the asshole for taking my dad and stepmom's side over my sister and her wedding drama i'm a 28 year old male my sister is a 30 year old female she recently got engaged to her partner of seven years they haven't set up a date but are planning for something around fall of next year or spring fall of this year or spring of next year for background our mother passed away after years of health problems six years ago given how long she was sick i'm pretty sure our dad grieved her before she was officially gone i think this is why he was able to move on quickly to his current wife andrea they got married two years after my mom died which really is not that insane to me like two mm-hmm. years after like i don't know i don't want to be alone you think i'm capable of being alone mm-hmm. nah t- 
Charles dies, I'm finding someone right away. <laughs> yeah, someone else got to raise these kids. I'm not doing it by myself. Dude, I think I'd be alone the rest of my life. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd marry for money at that point. <laughs> oh, okay. I would do that. I would marry for money. Yeah. Like, we got to mutually kind of like each other, but I don't need to be in love with you. Just, just come help me, please. <laughs> okay. It was obviously weird at first for me to see our dad with someone else, but she's honestly really cool, and I've never seen him so happy. Even before my mom was sick, I don't think they ever really had the chemistry he has with Andrea. He is literally always smiling when she's around. It took me some time to get used to Andrea being part of my family. Now she's become an integral part of it, and I'm so thankful she's taking a real grandmother role to my two kids, even if she's just related to them by marriage. Katie, the sister, was never able to get over seeing my dad move on and to this day won't acknowledge her as part of our family. While she doesn't say rude things directly to her, she is very curt with her and honestly comes off super catty with her. Anyway, so with her being engaged and starting wedding planning, my dad, who is well off, has always said he would pay for our weddings. He paid for most of mine and was willing to pay for all of Katie's. This is until Katie said she won't allow Andrea at her wedding as she thinks it's an insult to our mom. My dad has withdrawn his offer to pay for the wedding or attend unless his wife is invited. Personally, I find this 100% reasonable as Andrea has never done anything wrong or bad to us. This isn't the case of an evil stepmother. It's just an adult not willing to let her father move on. Katie and her husband asked me to be a groomsman and for my son to be a ring bearer and daughter to be a flower girl. And originally I said yes, but now with all this drama, I just don't want to, to anymore. I feel like I'd be enabling a grown woman being unnecessarily mean to Andrea for no reason, who at this point I 100% consider family. I've gotten some mixed feedback from my friend group about this decision, so I'd be interested to hear from outsiders who don't know anyone involved. What do you think? Not the asshole. That girl, the sister. No, he's like the the most reasonable 28-year-old man ever. <laughs> yeah, the sister is the asshole, to be honest with you. Like, What? That is wild because I understand if you're acting like that when you're like a teenage girl, but to be a full grown adult. You're 30. (laughs) 30. That's embarrassing. And it's one thing. It's one thing too. Like if she just was like having a hard time with it, she's not super close with this woman. She's not like, she doesn't have a desire to build a relationship. Okay. That sucks for Andrea, the stepmom, but like, okay. But to straight up be like, Hey, Dad, I know you're paying for my wedding, but your wife can't come at all. Like, not even just, like, we're not going to involve her a ton. She can't even come to the wedding as it would be an insult to your dead mother. Shut up. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a whim here and say that this person is extremely unhappy and doesn't even want to be getting married. Because if you're happy enough in your relationship, you're not going to be this big of a bridezilla. Like, that's wild to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the dad and the son and the brother are all better off without this person. Like, keep her at your, in your life minimally, if at all. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, Isn't that insane? Am I the asshole always makes me realize there are actual crazy people. Like, I just forget. Because, like, I have some people that are, like, hard to deal with in my life, but nothing like that. Mm-hmm. That's unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> unhinged. And also, I'm sorry. Like, you're just like, okay, I don't want your money. Uh-uh. Even if I didn't like this woman, I'd be like, she can come if you pay for my wedding. (laughs) That's the most wild part is like, are you made of money? How do you have this power at 30? How do you have all this money that you can just (laughs) spend it on a wedding? And I also, I agree with you. I feel like this is a person that like the family needs to make very clear boundaries with. And I would not be close to this person anymore. Not even in a way of like, 
you're out of my life but just like I really yeah, don't, you don't appreciate need, like, a friendship with them. Yeah, like she clearly has no empathy for her father because her father lost their mother and then just wants to be happy in his life, but she thinks that what? Like he just is never allowed to move on. I don't know if it's because like how the son pointed out that like he seems happier than he ever even was with their mom. You know, which like doesn't take away the fact that he did have a good relationship with your mom. He loved your mom. But yeah, this might be like a giddier, happier relation. You know what I mean? That doesn't Mm -hmm. have to take away from the fact that his relationship with your mom was still real. Also, like I will say, I feel like um, Andrea has a more like, of course, their relationship is like more chemistry and more fun because they didn't raise kids together. Like Yeah, like, they're grown adults with grown kids. They just get to live their life. Yeah. I feel like there's something very and powerful also, about that. good for the dad, because there are a lot of parents who put up with, like, I know there's a lot more toxic parents, in my opinion, in, in this in this um, day and age mm-hmm. than there are toxic, like, there's a lot of kids that cut off parents. But also, there's a lot of really toxic, like, adults, like, adult children like that, and a lot of parents just put up with it. Yeah. Because they feel maybe, like, guilt. Like, he could easily say, well, she did lose her mom. Like, they just, like, make a lot of excuses for their grown children to mm-hmm. still be assholes. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they feel responsible that their children turned out that way. Because to an extent, you are. Like, you raise them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But so good for him for doubling down and being like, no. Like, that's mean. And I'm not putting up with that. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm, like, a strong believer, too, that, like, husband and wife trumps almost anybody no it does i, I like think it, it does does trump. unless you remarry and like okay like if they if his kids were younger and he remarried in my opinion like your kids trump the new wife for a while yeah but in this case with his kids grown i don't think so i think that's a very complex situation because i'm wondering like with the kids like how long has the mom or the dad been gone and like how exactly are you acting because of course I don't mean it in the sense that like your new wife can just like get into fights with your kids or like say stuff to your kids right but as long as this is a respectable person that you're bringing around your kids and bringing into your family I do think that there needs to be a hierarchy of like well, and I think, like, it's good for your kids to see healthy relationships. So, mm-hmm. like, for – yeah, and I agree with you wholly because, like, Charles and I talk all the time that our relationship is a higher priority than our kids. Right. Like, we want us to be healthy because when we're not healthy together, we're not healthy individually, and then we're not healthy for our kids. hmm hmm So I do agree with that. And also, I'm on his side completely, and, like, for this situation, I do think his marriage should trump – his kids because like they're grown kids yeah (laughs) like your kids are off they're married the kids are married getting married have their own kids have their own lives you should absolutely prioritize your marriage because like your kids aren't there every day like you should be doing what's making you happy every day which is your wife Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. exactly that's wild (sighs) what an episode you guys get a long one because we were completely irresponsible and couldn't figure out how to record this week or when to record and we're late no because you know what it is we never called me out for it i traveled to arkansas <laughs> to see my sister and forgot my fucking microphone and then i made my husband pay 50 dollars to oh two-day ship it to me <laughs> and you know what guys i said i'd pay him back i'm not gonna <laughs>
Hell no, you ain't getting that money back, Charlie. Charles. I can't call him Charlie anymore because Chuck. Charlie. Chuck. I like that one. Chuck. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Um, his name is Babe. Love. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> he only calls me Allison when he's mad at me. Oh my gosh, really? Or actually, it's more so when I'm mad at him, I'll be like, Charles, are you serious? And he'll be like, Allison. Yes. And I'm like, don't ever call me that. <laughs> I know, I'm like stunned. I'm like stunned when Corey calls me any other name except for like baby or princess or sweet queen. I'm like, who are you talking to? <laughs> my sister was on the phone, like we were on the phone last night and she said something about a nickname for me and he goes, um, her name is Sugarbutt because <laughs> that's what he actually calls me is Sugarbutt. <laughs> <laughs> that's so Ew. funny love is so gross <laughs> okay all we right will see. actually you guys it's almost like we didn't miss a week because now you're getting this one late and then you'll still get the next one on time so it's kind of like you got an extra episode even though we actually missed a week so you're welcome yeah you're welcome <laughs> like you don't even have to go that long in between episodes this time and we were thinking of you when we did that when i forgot my microphone at home i was like you know what i'm doing this for the people <laughs> For the people. For the people. You heard it here first. Okay. Make sure you follow our podcast. You review our podcast. And please, if you want any updates, um, like when we're going to be late, follow us on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram at Bad Bee Therapy Podcast. And give us a five-star review. Yay. Bye. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening to Bad Bitch Therapy. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review. Until next time.